everybody. This is Jeff Desiato. You're listening to episode 10 of the Real Person Real Needs podcast. That's right. We are at a decade's worth of episodes, and I'm so glad that you are tuning in for this one specifically. This is a special post-Super Bowl edition of Real Person Real Needs. Um, If you have watched the Super Bowl, if you're a fan of football, you know the storyline of Peyton Manning and how there's speculation of whether this will be his last rodeo, quote-unquote. And it got me thinking about being able to go out on top and finishing well things that you've dedicated your whole life to do. I mean, Peyton Manning, if you think about it, he's he spent his whole life probably from the time he was eight, nine years old dreaming of winning the Super Bowl. He had already won one before, but now coming to the end of his career. And, and the speculation is that he will retire after this season. And being able to go out a winner, a champion, that's a really exciting concept, and I think that's something that we all dream to to achieve in our own lives is to be able to you know walk away <clears throat> at the pinnacle rather than being asked to leave. There, you know, that's a very common thread that you hear, especially from athletes. Uh, the idea of being able to retire rather than you know the people that kind of linger around just a little bit too long. Same with like uh, your favorite TV show or something. You know, when it when the before the quality starts to diminish. You want to be able to go out on top. And I think the problem with that idea is that it doesn't translate into our career or our life. And maybe it should because oftentimes I think that what we do is we we walk away, but we don't finish well. And you know, oftentimes we just kind of peter out and we, we settle into cozy retirement, but we didn't really achieve the things that we wanted – we set out to achieve. We didn't really – take over the world or change the world the way we wanted to. And, you know, I think in in the business side of things and even in just, you know, your family life and how you approach your life in general, I think it's dangerous to to romanticize retirement and to act as though there comes a time in your life where you get to just take it easy. Because I think that oftentimes it's in the later years of life when you have the most experience, the most knowledge, the most – uh, street smarts, whatever you want to call it, and you can do the most good and have the most impact in people's lives, whether it's through mentoring, whether it's through helping people develop uh, their own ideas because of things that you've tried or failed or succeeded in. And oftentimes we look at the golf course in Florida as the destination, or we look at you know a, a mountain house somewhere and say, no, oh, I can't wait to get to that point. When there's still work to be done, I'm not talking about you know you're still going to you know the cubicle every day and and clocking in and clocking out and and not really having an effect on uh, on anything that you have a desire for or or something that you're passionate about. But I would caution that sometimes we just kind of we run and we run our race and we we do what we can, but we kind of just peter out and we say. You know, this was good enough, and now I'm going to go and rest for myself because I worked hard for other people. Now it's me time, you know, and, and there is something to be said for leisure, but uh, I think oftentimes, you know, especially in our culture, we look at like the age 60, 62, or 65, or whatever it may be, as like, okay, now we pack things up and we call it a day. When I th- I've known so many people who do some of their greatest work in their l- the later years of life because they are they have the time they have the experience they have the their whereabouts to to go and and recognize what is necessary and what's important in in how they spend their time um 
there's a lot of people that use their retirement to go and do some of these amazing things overseas, or they they you know get involved in nonprofit work, or, or they there are a lot of people I know that, uh, and I mentioned in the real you know the episode when I talked about real needs, what that means. Uh, people that you know they have grown children, and then they actually will take a new ch- a foster child into their home and raise them and give them a family, even though they're well past the age of being parents themselves. They have that commitment to you know, impart the knowledge and the wisdom that they've they've gleaned from others throughout their years on this earth. So I just, you know, I, sports are a great analogy, and that's why I brought it up today. Uh, but I think oftentimes we have a, especially these days, man, I just, I look at our world and it's like, you know, there's a commercial on it, and I love it because it's like, you know, the father is disappointed that his son gets a participation trophy when his team was undefeated. And they beat everybody, and they were obviously the best team in the league, but everybody just gets the same trophy, and there's no recognition of success or achievement. And I just would ask you, you know, would you compete in a sport or in in some contest if you didn't have a desire to win? I know we say it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And I understand that, and I understand what's trying to be taught in that regard, uh, when we say that to kids, because we don't want them to put so much pressure on themselves that they they lose the enjoyment of the game. But in actuality, there is a part of us that should want to win. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do our best and to use the natural gifts that we've been given by our creator to their fullest uh, capacity or their fullest uh, realization, however you want to say it. Um, I, would, I would get frustrated as a young athlete when people would say that to me, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And I know you just spit out uh, your, your coffee or whatever when you thought about me being an athlete, those of you who know me, or if you just go on my website and see pictures of me. I, I don't have an athletic physique, but I am working on it. 2016 uh, is the year where I've been uh, you know, committing myself to, to eating healthier, exercising, and doing things like that because I do want to live uh, – You know, as I look into the future, I see – things that I want to accomplish even into my 60s, 70s, 80s, and that starts now by taking care of myself, and I haven't done that up to this point in my life. But anyway, if there were no winners or losers, then why do we keep score? And I know there are some developmental leagues where they don't do that, but why even play? I mean, I understand why someone taught me that and why that's important that we, we get kids to understand it's about sportsmanship and it's about playing the game and respecting the game and respecting your opponents and those types of things. But I think we too often take that approach in our own life, whether it be our career or our schooling or our families, where we just kind of say, hey, I gave it my best shot. Who cares if I didn't really have the effort it took to to make a, an impact? You know, we live a life of lowered expectations. You know, if Peyton Manning, if you just to talk about him for a second, if he got to the Super Bowl, I was like, hey, it was fine. You know, I, I, I'm, I made it. That's a great way to go out. No, he wanted... I'm sure he wanted to win. He didn't want to go out on the losing end. And thankfully, he got to do that for his family and all that. And that's a great memory for him, I'm sure. But we have this attitude of, uh, in this culture that we're in, of uh, at least I tried. You know, my effort stunk, but who cares? You know, I did what I could. And now let me just get some for myself. You know, think about it. You know, I get frustrated when I hear that they have spell check and, and they stop teaching kids how to actually do penmanship in school. Because for me, I struggled with penmanship. I actually, uh, you know, I was homeschooled, and my mom actually made me retake penmanship in sixth grade. 
Nobody takes penmanship in sixth grade, but my handwriting was atrocious. Now it's okay, and I think it's because it was such an, an emphasis. But I look around, and I don't mean to insult people, but I look around at people my own age, and when I see them write, their handwriting is childish. And I, it makes me – and this sounds so – you know, I don't mean to be judgmental, but I, I there's a part of me that, that loses respect a little bit because it's like you should be more – you should have applied yourself more, you know, like it's not that hard to write neatly. It's not that hard to care about how you're being presented in every aspect. And I'm just being honest with you. Like I, I, I think that that's a a huge thing that is lacking in our culture. And also because of spell check, kids don't even know how to spell words. That's why when I look online and I, you know, I, I love to make memes and do silly things with my business and stuff like that. But I see other memes which are really, if you don't know what a meme is, it's basically a picture from either a popular movie, TV show, whatever, uh, some type of cultural phenomenon, and then they put text over it, and it's comical, and it's it's to make you laugh. But there are so many that are misspelled, and it's, oh, it's aggravating. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's like if you're going to go to the trouble of actually creating something, whether it be art or whether it be uh, a commentary on some political thing or whatever, please go to the time to actually use a dictionary and spell it right, please. But that's the society we live in. It's the society of like, Let's just get things done. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I wasn't allowed to have calculators when I did math growing up, but now kids have calculators. They don't even know how to do – they don't need to know how to do their multiplication tables half the time. Uh, You don't have to put in the time and effort necessary to succeed because everybody's a winner. We don't want people to feel like they didn't achieve something, so we'll just even the playing field. And I find that so insulting to the creativity – to the unique minds that God has created us to have and the capacity to learn and to feed on knowledge. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode. So I encourage you to stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about absorbing information and how we can use it to better ourselves and and how we kind of, we take 15 bit second bits of information, but we rarely apply ourselves to actually dig deep and study ideas and thoughts and and, and emotions and things like that. Uh, but anyway, let's keep on this episode because I don't want to give up and and drop jump to the next episode prematurely. But um, if you want to buy something, here's another example. That's classic. You don't have to save. You put it on a credit card. Nobody saves money for anything anymore. And I work in real estate, and there are always ways that we're trying to convince people like – when they say, I don't have savings for a house. Oh, no, no, that's not true because you have X program, you have Y program, you got Z program where you don't need any money to buy a house. Why do we encourage that? I mean, obviously, we want people to buy houses as real estate agents because then we get commission and all that stuff. Let's be honest. Let's be frank. That's why. That's why we say those things. But is that the right message to be proclaiming to buyers of, of real estate, to sellers or whatever it may be? Like, oh, it's okay that you don't have any savings. We can still put you in a house. The fact that you haven't been able to apply yourself to actually keep a budget and put money away for a house, that shouldn't deter you from buying something that you can't afford to buy. Put it on a credit card. Get a huge loan, hoping that the the value of your home stays put. We t- I talked about this in a previous podcast about my own situation where before I got into real estate, I was young. I you know I just listened to what other people told me, and they said – you know, you can finance a house for, you only have to put three and a half percent down. And I was like, sweet, that's awesome. The problem was it was that at the height of the market. And now we still are, you know, watch, we watch the, the estimates and we watch the, the comparables in the neighborhood and that kind of thing to see like, is our, is our investment ever going to 
up right itself again? You know, is it going to be worth more than we owe on it? That would be great, right? I mean, it's that's the idea, and it wasn't to be for us. But that's the danger there, especially I mean, and the culture that we live in, where everybody's so conscious of their weight loss and 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 their bodies because we we have this terrible. Uh, body image issue that goes through our whole culture. But in order to do that, you don't have to eat right and exercise. If you watch like commercials or infomercials about pills that you can take or 30-day fixes and all that stuff, and it's always a shortcut. It's never do the work, put in the time. You don't have to eat right. You don't have to exercise. Just get this expensive surgery that could be very, very risky. And then you can eat, you know, a fist worth of food for an entire day, but you'll lose weight. It's like, no, how about let's get some self-discipline. Let's get some self-control so that we can actually take ownership of the things in our lives and stop chasing other shortcuts so that we can feel like we're on an even playing field. You think these football players that are in the NFL were looking for shortcuts to get there? No, they put in the time. Even when, during their offseason, they're training. They're disciplining their bodies because when training camp starts, they don't want to be seen as out of shape and lazy. So they work hard. Anybody who comes to training camp that is overweight, it's national news. I mean, we have ESPN and NFL network and all these things and you hear about it. Someone came in overweight. Oh no. You know, like they're lazy. They're not disciplining their bodies. This is their job. How could they, this is their livelihood. How could they allow themselves to get let go like this? But in our own society, we don't hold those standards for ourselves. We say, hey, I have, there's too much going on. I can't give myself and live a disciplined life like this. Even more so, we give ourselves a pass and say, okay, as long as I do it for this amount of time, then once I hit 62 or 65 or 66, whatever the year is that you retire, then I can just let myself go. Instead of saying, like, how can I use right now? How can I invest in myself right now so that I can have the long the longevity the, the effect in my entire life so that at, I can flame out rather than burn out you know what I mean like you run the race you you go all in from day one so that at the end of your life you have no regrets because you took care of business you took care of yourself you were disciplined you had control about what you put in your body about how you spent your time about uh you know how you invested in in keeping a sharp mind and and resolving issues in your life that were holding you back things like that i think it's important that we look at these things um you know when we do this the trials and the the things that we encounter it molds us into the people that we need to be so we can accomplish what we've been created to do. Because as we've talked about before in the Real Person, Real Needs podcast, I'm a huge believer in the fact that everyone has been created with a unique purpose and has something that God has put in them to do. But if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're we're just punching the clock until we get to the age of 66 so we can just live a life of leisure then we're missing a huge opportunity to do great work while we're still on this earth. You know, there's a lot of people that they sign up for these races, and I'm, I just started this couch to 5K thing because I want to run a 5K and then I want to run a 10K and stuff because I feel like that's an accomplishment. That's a goal that I want to tackle uh, in 2016. But there's a lot of people that sign up for these races just so they can get a T-shirt and say, hey, I was in the New York Marathon. Yeah, and I ran for like, a mile, and then I went to the snack stand. You know what I mean? Like, we do that, and there's a lot of people that, like, 
they get bumper stickers and they do all this stuff and they have their 13.1 on the back of their car and all this stuff. I saw this one and I thought it was hilarious and it said 0.0 I don't run. <laughs> and I thought I should get that. Like proudly say it. Don't act like you have something to hide that you're not a runner. You can just put it on your car just like the proud runners are. Um I would if I was in these races now, I would start off at the front of the pack and then I'd gradually fade into the background. And then I would finally like pretend to have pulled a hamstring or something. And that's why I didn't finish it because of some exterior circumstance that I couldn't overcome myself. There are rewards for us. There are things that we can do in our lives that are, should be the catalyst for how we make our decisions on a daily basis. We shouldn't be approaching life by saying, Hey, I just, I participated right? Like that doesn't make any sense. Why would you just want to participate? Don't you want to win? Don't you want to do things that matter? Don't you want to have a successful, and I'm not talking about finances here. And I never want people to get that impression when I say success. I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about success in the lives of the people around us. Because when you are successful, the way that that is, the evidence of your success is in the people that you touch, is in the people that are around you, that you can say, man, look at the positive effect that this man had in the lives of his kids or his extended family or in his community. That is a man of success or a woman of success. It's did that wealth that you had, that wealth of knowledge, that wealth of wisdom, whether it be financial wealth, whether it be um, you know, a skill set or whatever, was that hoarded? Was that kept to yourself so that you could say, look at me, I achieved X, Y, and Z? Or were you a conduit of those things and passing them out? That is what I deem success. So going forward, anytime I mention success, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know the guy who makes six figures or the guy who gets his face on a cover of a magazine. I'm talking about the guy who uses what he's been given and gives it away to others because that's what real person real needs is all about. It's all about what we can do for others and not what we do for ourselves because it's when we help others that we are bettered. That, that, that's not even a word, but that we are improved, that we can be the greatest version of ourselves is when we're putting forth everything that we have to reach others because that is when we have the greatest reach, the greatest impact. And that's what I, I was thinking about when I'm thinking about Peyton Manning and I'm saying, man, this guy, he's been at the pinnacle for so long. And even in this final season, he, you know, he didn't play well. He got benched and all that stuff. And the, the storybook, you know, the, the storybook ending is that he got to be there when it happened. Did he, was he the reason they won? Probably not. But he got to be there at the height. And he, you know, I, I would hope that he would decide to hang it up after this year because it was obvious that he's lost a step or three. It's obvious that it would be really sad if he came back and then had a terrible showing next year and they didn't go to the playoffs or anything like that. It's 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 time for him to hang it up and move on and pass it on to the next generation. But think about the people and the legacy that he will have in the sports world in the NFL among the players that have played with him. You know, everybody talks about how knowledgeable he is about the game and how he's a coach on the field and all that stuff and how, you know, his backup quarterback and stuff is th these people have seen his work ethic and his preparation and all that. 
And the same can be said about a number of NFL players. Not all, but some that they just made, man, they're tireless. They're always their first one in, last one out, all that. You know, you've heard those things. And for some reason, we don't, that doesn't translate in our own lives. And it's, it's a challenge to me. And hopefully, as you listen to this, it's a challenge to you. Do you want people to say that you took the shortcuts anytime that you could? You know, the people that come in, and I was guilty of this for a very long time, so I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out other than myself. But, you know, you, you learn the clock pattern, and you know that if, if you're scheduled to be at 8.30 and you clock in at 8.37, that counts till 8.30. Once it hits 8.38, it's now 8.45 that you clocked in. And we play that game, the same thing when it's time to go. You know, if you... If you clock out at 4.52, it's going to say that you clocked out at 4.45. But if you clock out at 4.53, it's going to say you clocked out at 5 o'clock. Is that the way you live your life? So that you can cheat and steal and get 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there? That you can do things that are the bare minimum? Or are you saying, I want to go all out. I want to train myself. I want to discipline my body. I felt in my own life that God spoke to me in a very clear way, and I wasn't an audible voice or anything, but through various people and through various things that I read, and you know, it was this idea of like, you need to live a disciplined life. I don't care what other people are doing. I don't care what's what's good for you, what's bad for you. I'm talking about what is best for you. You need to live a disciplined life. Now, I am not a disciplined person. You can see that by my my stature, my frame, by my terrible time management skills, by my lackadaisical attitude, by my procrastination. However, the goal and the standard never changes. It's to be disciplined. It's to be the best that God has created me to be. It's to reach that pinnacle and say, I'm going to ride out, in the, ride off into the sunset knowing that I gave it all and I went out on top. And that's really important. And I and I I'm talking to those of you out there that are young, but I'm also talking to those that are a little bit more seasoned in the walk of life. Because it's very tempting to say, oh, I have X many years left, and then it's just Florida, the Florida Keys and golf and all that stuff. But I would challenge you, is that really what we're here to do? Is just to kick back, relax? Or is there something we can do now to better position ourselves for the the final decade of life, the final opportunity to make the biggest impact? What is it that you have been called to do, not just right now, but maybe you're being prepared to do 10, 20, 30 years down the road? And what decisions can you make now? And what work can you put in now that will allow you in that future time to have the greatest impact? That's what we need to think about is how do we run the race to win it? How do we run the race so that we can look back and say, I gave it my all and I have no regrets? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. I'd love to get an email from you. Again, my name is Jeff with a G, so it's G-E-O-F-F at realpersonrealneeds.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Please, if you're so inclined, leave a review on iTunes so that we can get the word out about the podcast. If you want to send me a message on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Homes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Homes. However you want to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. Check out the website, www.realpersonrealneeds.com. 
Until next time, I hope that you take these words to heart, you share them with others so that we can have the greatest impact, so that we all can be truly authentic people who have integrity and are trying to make a difference within our community. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and Godspeed.